Let's do this. We get fear around like, what if it doesn't work out? But what if it does work out? The scariness of change is, what will people think? Will I be accepted? Be okay at sucking at something in the beginning. Don't not start because you're scared. Welcome back to another episode of On Point. I'm your host, Taylor Burke, and today we have transformational confidence coach for beauty business owners and podcast host of the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast. Give it up for Jessica Bergio. Hi, Jess. Woo woo. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. So before you started as a business coach, you were in the hair industry for many years. Many, many years. Yes. I just hit 20 years last September. So it's been a minute. 20 years. Two decades. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. So you've decided to transition out of behind the chair and more into brand coaching and helping others grow their businesses to the next level with one-on-one coaching. Yes. So that was such an interesting transition because I always figured I would be behind the chair forever, but I knew at some point there had to be like an extension of all the things I learned, all the accumulation of all of the years of, you know, building my own brand and then also bringing up assistants that I, I trained under me. And then my salon ownership skills and that knowledge and building a team and what it really takes to build a brand. I, I literally did everything backwards in the fashion that I now teach it in mm-hmm. only because A, we didn't have social media when I started and B, we weren't really put out into the world in the industry back 20 years ago to go be your own brand. You were lucky if you got to work for a brand or work for a big high level salon and then you somehow just kind of fit in with that culture and that community. So what I teach now really didn't exist, at least not in any fashion I'd ever seen. So what do you think has changed over the years? Well, a social media has given us an opportunity to really show ourselves as the true like front person and in turn created people having their own businesses online, right? Influencers became like a one-man show where you're like, all of a sudden, you owned your own business because you were either making revenue or you were driving traffic to something that you created or that you had a product. But most of the time, a lot of us have services that we provide. And so for service providers, what's going to make one person choose you over someone else who does the exact same type of work? And that's when we started to really see the differentiating pieces of, well, I'm more attracted to her because she's like me, so I'm going to go get my hair done by her. Or I really love what she talks about. She sounds like an expert in that skin arena or whatever. So I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I book with that person. So I think we all started to see the power of really showcasing our expertise rather than the old school humble mentality of, oh, I'm just a hairdresser. It was really like the loudest one was going to be the one who was above the noise. And our industry is really saturated, but we know damn well there's enough to go around and there's more than enough clients to go around. I work in San Diego. I've been here my whole career and I've never been at a loss for clients. So it's all dependent on you know what type of hair you want to do if we're speaking strictly to hairdressers. So, I mean, we can go down rabbit holes of all of that stuff, but I started to see a need for our industry to have more business education. And so I knew it had to start with me. And so I had put myself in a business mastermind about three and a half years ago that had nothing to do with my industry. It was strictly to teach you how to have an online business of some sort. And so I wanted to give myself the power of somehow moving onto the online space or bringing some of that knowledge back into my industry. And that's kind of what ended up happening. So that journey has been long and interesting and one that I had to grow into because I had to be new at it again. Yeah. So before we jump too far ahead, so you were working behind the chair. What made you decide, okay, I don't really want to work behind the chair anymore. I want to kind of do the coaching and kind of, I guess, help other people with their businesses. Well, I noticed early on that people weren't taking it like a serious business. You just, you just showed up and did hair. And 
all the other pieces were missing. It was like they left a lot of that to the front desk. They left a lot of the financial stuff to like, I hope I'm booked this week so I have money for rent next month. So I started to see a lack of education and awareness even around what it looked like to budget your business, plan for what you were spending, figure out what your hourly value was so that you could make a decision on how much you needed to charge based off of how much you wanted to make for the year. I mean, these things all sound so simple, but I was noticing that nobody was really doing it. I hadn't done it early in my career. I was a commission stylist in the beginning, so I just got a paycheck based off of what I did. And so the real turning point was I worked in a high-end salon that was amazing, but I got pregnant about 10 years into my career. And so once I had my son, I mean, this is a trade time for money industry. If you don't show up and do the work, you don't make the money. Mm -hmm. So there was no take it online. Like I couldn't do hair online. Now we can educate, teach and do other things online, but that wasn't, I didn't even, wasn't even thinking about doing that. So it wasn't until I had my son that I started to realize, like, I don't want to be here 50 hours a week. I want to raise him. I don't want to work Saturdays anymore. I want to shift my schedule. And that's when I started to play with the idea of like, what else could I do? And how could I work a little bit less in the salon, but use my skill set, like I said, to do something else. And that's when I started to like, get curious about business masterminds and coaching and classes and like anything that wasn't technical. Cause I had spent the majority of those 10 years taking technical classes and stuff like that, but never learning more business stuff. And how did you learn it yourself? Did you take classes? Did someone teach you? Like, how did you pick that up? To be totally honest, I was winging it the first 10 years too. I was basically a a check-to-check type of person too. Luckily, I made really good money. And it wasn't until I had to short sell my home in 2008 during the recession that I really realized if I don't take control of budgeting, finance, figure out what is coming in versus out, what am I spending in my business? Until I took my money seriously, it wasn't going to take me seriously. It was like, hi, bye. Right? As Mm -hmm. soon as I made it, I spent it. So that mentality is what I find to be very common in our industry because it's a cash-based business a lot of times where show up, you do a bridal party, you walk out with a thousand bucks in your pocket. You know, it's not like a paycheck that you're not going to get for two weeks. It's going to get direct deposited. It's very different than a lot of other industries. And so it takes a lot of a responsibility and like discipline Mm -hmm. to be able to budget yourself and pay attention to your numbers because that's not the fun, exciting part. We're creatives. We want to just go do hair. We want to show up. We don't want to like stress about that kind of stuff. But until you put yourself in a situation where you have to know these things, I don't know that many people will. Mm-hmm. So I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But at the same time, like that was my story and that was me. No, that makes so much sense. The money for hairstylists is up to you guys. It's not like you're not going to get the same amount of money every two weeks. You could be getting 10000 one week, right? And then maybe 2000 So it's like, it's not reliable. And so that's honestly really stressful. It sure can be. And that's the thing. If you take it seriously and you kind of average out what you're going to make, you start to become more aware and, and be consistent. And it's like, there's a book called Profit First out there that really is great for early entrepreneurs who are looking to find ways to pay themselves through their business. I know so many of us don't set it up as a true business. Everything goes into one account and you spend out of that account and you and it goes in and it goes out of the same account. There's not a separate business account. There's not a separate, I am only going to take a couple hundred dollars every Monday out of there. It, it's just a free-for-all. And again, those are things that I love to coach and teach on. They are super important because no matter how much money you make, you will figure out a way to spend that money. And it's like that whole saying more money, more problems. If you don't take it seriously and you don't pay attention to it, it's, it's never going to be there for you. And so Jess, go ahead and tell us why would one want to go to a business coach? So if everything in your business is working seamlessly and there's no need for you to explore more growth, you're not looking to scale, 
you are interested in maybe growing an education, you're totally content and happy, like doing exactly what you're doing now is fully working, I wouldn't say you need one. So it's often like therapy or working out. You're trying to get better. You're trying to take better care of yourself. That's why you hire somebody, a coach or a mentor to help guide you to where you want to go. So you wouldn't just go to a therapist and be like, help me, right? She's going to ask you some backstory. She's going to be like, well, what do you need help with? What do you want to focus on in this session today? So coaching and mentoring is very much the same. There's so many amazing coaches in our industry now that specifically niche down on, say, you know, Instagram growth or email marketing or branding, or there's so many different things. And while that's great, I'm more of a lifestyle slash confidence coach because I help people get clarity around where they want to go. And then once we have that clarity and confidence, I'm happy to direct you to the next coach that can help you get that thing. Like I'm not an email marketing guru genius, but I have an amazing assistant who is. So the part with me is most people don't have clarity. Therefore they lack the confidence. It's not like, Oh my God, I'm not a confident person. I need help getting confidence. Like, ah, that's not really what we're at. Most of us have a lot of confidence in either our skill set behind the chair, our business itself, but we lack clarity on where we want to go, what is possible. So that's why having a coach or a mentor helps you see the bigger picture because I'm not you. I'm not in your head with your limiting beliefs and the stories your parents told you or the things that people said you couldn't do or why do you want to do that? That's crazy. You're never going to succeed. A coach is there to tell you, are you sure you're dreaming big enough? Have you thought about this? What if we angled it like this? You know, so it's the ability to see what's possible. And maybe you decide after working with a coach or mentor, like, wow, that's too much work. I definitely am glad I talked about it because I don't want to do that. I think people have a fear of doing the thing and then they also have a fear of the success that might come with it or the responsibility of stepping into education or coaching themselves or creating a course or a product or starting a podcast. You know, I think we all deep down want to do one of those things and expand our knowledge. If you've been in the game a little while, it's just a matter of not knowing how to get started. And, you know, I've started a few of those things. And so therefore, I feel like I'm somewhat of an expert in a lot of them. And by putting myself with other high level coaches, with working with people who have pushed me in those directions that are outside of our industry, it's shown me what we can bring into our industry, like the things I talked about growing your social media organically, building a brand that speaks to you as a person, not just you as a hairdresser or you as an educator. So it's important to see the bigger picture. And it's just like when you reverse engineer an income goal, you reverse engineer how you want your life to be. So I think having someone on your side, on your team that you've paid, put a little skin in the game, it makes you show up. It's the same reason why people hire personal trainers. I mean, you can YouTube that. You can figure out how to go work out by yourself. But why do we have accountability partners? Why do we hire coaches for that? It's kind of the same thing in this industry. And I think the more that we talk about it, the more people are open to the idea of asking for help. When people come to you, what do you see most that they're asking for for help? Like what are they seeking for in their business? So for me particularly, I love working with people still building the foundations of their business. People that need to get really clear on what's not working. They've been grinding, they've been doing the thing, but they're not, they're just not seeing the growth that they want. They're stuck maybe in the hustle of, I'm working 40 hours a week, I'm scared to raise my prices, I don't know what's next for me. A lot of scarcity mindset stuff comes up for people that are mm. like attracted to my style of coaching. But a lot of people, they just need clarity around why maybe something's not working or what the next thing is. And so we do a deep dive and we figure that out and we and we make the next steps from there. Amazing. And any advice you can give to all the business entrepreneurs listening? One, grow their brand. And then two, how can we grow our revenue? So funny story, yesterday, just yesterday, my old bodybuilding coach called me and she's in transition from what she's currently been doing, which is one-to-one coaching clients as far as nutrition and fitness. She has an awesome app that she has a 
ton of members on that is like income producing that she shows up for a couple hours a week for, but she's just not in alignment with anymore. And she out of nowhere reached out to me and was like, I need to book a call with you. This is what's going on. This is what I want to transition into, but I'm super scared. Like she's been doing what she's been doing for as long as what I've been doing. And it's all she's ever known, but she has this feeling of not being in alignment anymore. And she wants to create this new thing, but she's scared. And there's a lot of fear around, well, I don't know what the first step is. I've worked so hard and all this stuff, I'm scared to give it up. So there's a lot there, right? I'd like, we're going to unpack a lot of things. And so that hour long call, we were able to like direct to the next step. It's like one thing at a time, but I can help with all the, you know, setup of the new landing pages and the automation and the email marketing, all those things. But that's not the part that's going to drive the revenue, right? She needs to get clear on exactly what her new offerings are in order to be able to speak confidently when she shows up on social media to this new audience, right? She has to reposition herself as this person, right? So she's going from fitness guru. So if you're in the fitness industry, if you're a personal trainer, if you're an online trainer, yoga instructor, whatever, and you want to transition in her thing is now more personal development, spiritual awakening type of, you know, retreats and yoga and all that. So that right there is a huge like leg of her business. And so she was thinking she had to completely stop one thing in order to start this other thing that it was speaking to two different people. I said, whoa, 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 you've already built this community over here. Why don't you invite them first and see if they want to come play with you over here before you totally burn the boat over mm. there and, and stop the, I think she's got like six figure income coming in over there. And she was like, well, I didn't think about that. She really was in her head thinking she had to give up one thing to start another. And that's, this is for anybody listening. If you want to bring in more revenue, and you don't want to be doing, we'll, we'll just stick with the hairdresser thing. You don't want to be doing more hair. You don't want to be doing more massages. You don't want to be training more one-to-one personal training clients, whatever it might be that you're doing. You want to figure out a way that you want to show up in order to coach, teach, lead, sell, whatever. So creating physical products, right? So maybe you're super into nutrition and you want to create your own vitamin supplement. You know, I know white labeling is not the way everybody wants to go. They want to create their own thing, but start with something small that you can get behind. Or even drop that one lower, become an affiliate for a brand that you really love and get super obsessed with talking about it. Let people know that you use it, how it's helped you. Like becoming an affiliate is an easy, easy way to bring in a a new stream of revenue that has nothing to do with maybe what you're currently doing, but people trust you and they know you and they like you. And so that know, like, and trust is going to allow for you to step into other ways of creating revenue. So affiliate marketing, creating your own product, creating a new online digital product. Maybe you're really good at highlighting. Set up a camera. All you have to do is film what you're doing, write out a transcript of what it is that you, the PDF for them to download and follow along with, there you go. You have an online course. It doesn't have to be this grandiose, I spent 10 grand, I had a video production come in. Don't not start because you're scared. We all have phones. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some sort of tech. You can have your friend film. You can get a ring light. I mean, you can do this for less uh-huh. than 50 bucks, right? And creating a website, there's so many platforms that are free now. We just get in our own way because we're stuck with the comparison of perfection on social media thinking, well, it's not going to be as good as her, so I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then we stay stuck. So there there again, comes back to why I call myself a confidence and clarity coach, because if you were clear, you would show up with a little bit of confidence doing the little, you know, hodgepodge video just to get something out there. Honestly, I think that was the biggest breakthrough for me several years ago when I was in a really good place in my life. And I thought, you know what, why wouldn't I have a therapist while I'm doing really well so that in case anything bad ends up happening or I have some challenges, like she already knows me. I'm already in a safe space. I have someone who's not my mom or a friend that I can run to and talk to and like have a really like safe space to be in and figure things out. And so I worked with this lady for two years and it's interesting because coaching can sometimes be like that. Like I've had coaches before where, you know, Monday's rolling around. It's like time to, you know, meet with them and coach. 
And I'm like, I don't really have anything I need to talk about. Like, I'm doing pretty good. And then we get on the call and she's like, oh, but didn't you say you were going to do those two things? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got busy. Oh, but this is like the third week in a row you've gotten busy and not done those two things that you said you wanted to or needed to do in order to move the needle in your business. Like, it's this gentle call you out on why are you not doing the things you say you're going to do. There are so many people out there that provide help, that provide the things that we need, but we're so scared to ask for help. We're so scared to invest in ourselves and pay for that help. We're like, no, 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 I'll figure it out. I got this. And I know so many people in the industry that are like that. We strong arm it. We're hustlers. A lot of like women in their masculine just get shit done. You know, any of my females out there that are listening that work 40 hours a week and double book clients and like do the damn thing, like you stay in that masculine. That That is not your feminine in the doing. In the, in the feminine is, is letting someone help you, letting someone hold space for you and guide you to finding more peace and happiness within that. Because though I had the six-figure business, though I owned the salon, though I was doing seemingly all the things, I was not happy. I was not fulfilled. And that's where I really had to check myself. And I'm like, this instant gratification of the clients happy when they leave is wonderful and I still love it but at the end of the day getting deep into someone's shit and helping them work through what's holding them back I can't tell you how powerful that is for me and that's why I stay rooted in this being my next step get ready for the hottest industry event of the year Vagaro is taking over beautiful bespoke in San Francisco for a two-day event dedicated to you, the entrepreneurs and independent professionals in the beauty industry. Hear from business icons like Venus Williams and Tabitha Coffey. Take advantage of our free wellness classes, win fabulous prizes, and attend our exclusive rooftop white party. You'll also have the opportunity to hear from Vagaro super users and industry experts to help you get the most out of your business. Tickets on sale now at a special early bird price for a limited time only. Reserve yours now at iconic.vagaro.com. Show up, show out, and show them how it's done with Vagaro. I think a lot of people have a hard time with their pride also. They're like, you know what? My life's not that bad. I'm not making that bad of money or, you know, my business is doing okay. It's like, you made a really good point too. Like you don't have to get a coach. You don't have to get a therapist when things are bad. You still work out and you're healthy, but you continue to work out because you know it's good for you. You continue to work out because of the benefits and you want to stay where you are. It's consistency. A hundred percent. And it's like people want to try something just to see if it's going to work. And we, we want to know that the plan's going to work. So if we try one time and it doesn't work out, we're like, mm, that didn't work. That's not for me. I'm not. Maybe I'm not supposed to be a coach. Maybe I'm not supposed to be a hairdresser. Maybe I'm not supposed to like have my own education. I promise you, if you launch something or you put something out there, you probably will have two people buy it, your friend or your mom, right? You probably, your first event will have three people show up and they'll probably be all your friends. So it's like, be okay at sucking at something in the beginning. When you have help and you have a support team, it's a little bit easier to be like, okay, that didn't go the way I wanted. It's not a failure. I tried it. I'm putting myself out there. I'm giving myself credit. How can we make it better? Yeah. How can I show up even bigger? How can I be more consistent so that people understand that this is what I'm doing now? So things take time to build. It takes time to build a, a you know, a clientele behind the chair. It takes time to build an authentic brand that people know, like, and trust. All of this is incongruent with being consistent in anything that you do in your life. If you consistently eat like shit, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to look like shit. It's the same with business. It's no different, but somehow a lot of people think it is. With everything, it takes time. And I feel like sometimes it's hard to just break through that wall and, you know, not give up. <laughs> I don't even have words. Like it's so, it's so effed up the way sometimes society like pushes us in the wrong direction when really like we feel it in our heart to do certain things. Like I know a lot of people want to help people and get into the coaching space. And just because you're a hairdresser doesn't mean you have to be a coach in the industry. Like that, that's my passion is helping people figure the sticky stuff out. I'm not over here claiming that I can take you from 
you know, seven figures to eight figures. That's not me. I'm not that coach. I can refer you to one, but that's not who I am. I think finding yourself in wherever you're comfortable is the permission you need to give yourself. Let yourself suck at something. Let yourself start Mm -hmm. new. What I love about comparison is I just try to reframe it. Whenever I feel that like judginess of comparison come up through my scroll hole that I let myself be on, I just remind myself, okay, if she's triggering you, if you're like, oh, must be nice. Or I just think to myself, wow, this girl has 600 podcast episodes. Like I know what it's taking me to get to a hundred. She's consistent. She shows up. She must be a hard worker. Like she doesn't quit. I hope I'm, I hope I can be that consistent. And, and how is she doing it? Maybe message her. Do you have a team? Do you do all this to yourself? Like get some, like what's really going on. And that's what I love sharing on my podcast is like, we pull back the curtain with guests and we talk about how you went from where you were to where you are now, because it's not fair to not know how people got successful. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what I love sharing and showing anybody can do anything that they want. It's just a matter of how bad do you want it? Yes. And I feel like this is a perfect segue. So you do have a podcast. It is called Beauty Inspires Beauty. So kind of tell us a little bit about your podcast. Is it all beauty? Is it all business? Give us the lowdown on that. So the podcast started when we were in lockdown. And it came from me being super pissed off, A, at myself for getting in my own way for so many years. But B, because Gavin Newsom had finally told us we can work outside in the middle of the street. I I live in downtown San Diego or work downtown San Diego. And that would have put me between two restaurants. So I finally had enough. I had the space. I had the time to create the podcast. So it came from a place where I wanted to talk about what was going on. And I'm long form. I love long conversations. So long form content is great for a podcast not like a quick story on IGTV. So that's another like just little reminder to you guys. If you're listening to this, you want to start something. Do you like short form or long form? Because if you're a long form person and you have lots you want to share, podcasting, blogs, written, that's the way to go. So side note, it really came from a place where I wanted to give everyone in my industry a voice and I wanted to talk about it. It went from like, how do we show up every day in our business? How do we provide for our salon team? How do we, you know, create the magic and, and stay happy doing all the things. And so the majority of the first, you know, 15, 20 episodes were people in my industry, salon owners, stylists, people who maybe even, I think I had some like PR people who kind of did work with beauty professionals. But then I started to branch out because remember, I've been in a business mastermind. So my network was huge over on that, like early stage entrepreneur pool. And I thought, why well, she's really good at sales. I wonder if she could come on the podcast and talk about sales and talk about how we could implement like what they learn in corporate in our world. And I still do try to cover all the bases when it comes to just entrepreneurship in general. And that's why I also coined the term creative entrepreneur as kind of who my podcast is for. Okay, quick on your feet, Jess. What has been your favorite episode? There's one that's a few episodes back and it's great for people who are sitting in indecision or for people who try things. It's are you excited or dedicated, right? So if you're excited about something, cool, we're going to maybe do it a couple times, but excitement wears off. Once you're not dedicated or motivated, you kind of stop doing the thing. It's not so fun, right? That's why January 1st, everyone has all these goals, dreams, and aspirations. By May, no one's talking about that shit anymore. If we're dedicated to something, that looks a whole lot different. That's why having a coach or a mentor is super solid. That's why having podcasts that you can rely on for that information are solid. So we can be excited and dedicated, but it's really tough if you're only excited about something. Excited wears off, but dedication is going past the excitement? Yes. You said it perfectly. Dedication is what will get you up at 530 every morning because you're dedicated to the goal of having the six pack by your birthday. Dedication is, I said I was going to do this thing. There's people relying on me and I really want to see this through to fruition. Excitement is the idea of having the six pack. Excitement is the idea of Mm. starting the coaching program. You can be excited throughout. Like I said, you can be both, but you can't just be excited because some mornings you're going to wake up and you're going to be tired. You're going to be exhausted. You might be hungover. You might have kids. You might have all the freaking excuses in the world. Like I was saying earlier about my coach calling me out. 
Well, you said you were going to do these three things. Yeah, but I was tired. I was this. I was that. My kid. Excuses are great, right? But only you are suffering from those excuses and the people you could be helping by doing the things, putting the products out there, offering your services, building the courses, becoming an educator, starting your podcast. People need to hear what you have to say. So that's where if you're only excited, it wears off. You're right. You also have a website where you speak about the five-step framework. So I feel like that kind of goes with what we're talking about, like determination. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about what that is. The five-step framework really maps out what it looks like to build your brand, what it looks like to elevate your brand in 2022. And there's things like standing out above the noise. How do you how do you stand out above everybody else? But really, it starts with clarity, right? Clarity is the first thing. Once we have the clarity, the second leg is the confidence. When you have the confidence to show up because you have clarity in your messaging, you're clear about who your client avatar is, meaning who is your product service for. So we've got clarity, we've got confidence, and then we've got brand recognition. So what sets you apart as far as your brand? Are you funny? Are you entertaining? Is this educational? What is it of your brand that people are going to be drawn to? Because we can all be selling the same thing. But what I talk about and how I show up and how Taylor talks about her seven shows up will be totally different. So it's that brand differentiator that sets you apart. Like, what do you want to be known for? And then the fifth thing is it's kind of just around, like, what it takes to be consistent in all of that. Like, there has to be some consistency around all of those things in order for people to really trust you and recognize that as a brand, right? We we see brand logos. That's the thing. I think a lot of people start a business like, I need a logo. I need a good name. Well, okay, that's part of it, but you really can start and have a successful business without a logo. You do need a name. You need something recognizable. And often if you're a personal brand, it should be your name or your salon's name or your business's name. Because if there's ever a time that you want to scale, you'll have the opportunity to probably sell that business like I did with my last salon. It wasn't the Jessica Bergio salon. It was a name. I sold the name as a whole. I sold the business as a whole. And I was able to walk away profitable from that salon because I developed it as its own brand. So yeah, those are the five kind of like levels to growing and scaling your brand in 2022 or any any time for that matter. Let's also talk about the three steps to change. So why is change important and how does one start? Change can be scary. It can be overwhelming. And a lot of times we know we need to change something in our life or our business, but it's it's sometimes easier to sit in the shit sandwich you're already in than it is to like make a new one because you already know what you're dealing with right now. Just like you said earlier, like that's why we're like, oh, it's just good enough. This relationship's good enough. I'm making good enough money. This salon environment's good enough. But most of us don't want to be average. Most of us don't want to just get by. Most of us, if you're listening to this podcast, probably want you're here for hype, you're here for inspiration, you're here for motivation, you're here for some new tools or tricks to like take you to the next place. And that requires change. And so first thing is becoming aware that change needs to happen. I mean, it's funny how applicable like the five-step program is or how like all of those things are like awareness around something's not quite enough working. And I think the scariness of change is what will people think? Will I be accepted in this new role or this new position that I'm putting myself in, right? It's like having a baby. You're never prepared for that. You're never prepared to be a, become a parent, you know? And I was scared shitless, but I had to change my mindset around that in order to appreciate being pregnant, in order to appreciate like having no sleep and being able to take care of this little human, right? So I think addressing the fears around that, but first becoming aware and then addressing the fears of like, we all have fears, you know? Are you scared that if you change that you're not going to have any friends left? Are you, are you scared that if you change that people won't accept you? So again, it's like acknowledging that you do want something different and being okay with everyone else not accepting it that's hard that's a that's a really like one that a lot of times we have to sit with because most people at their core want to be accepted and they want people to like them 
And so the the thing with boundaries is it's really easy to say, like, these are my boundaries, but it's really hard sometimes to enforce the boundaries. And boundaries around why you want to change or why the change is needed are boundaries are for you. Boundaries are not for other people. We think we need to tell people our boundaries and that they should respect them. No, you are in charge of the boundaries and the boundaries are for you to keep yourself safe and to protect you from certain things. So we teach people how we let them treat us, right? Mm-hmm. So getting aware, having the clarity, and then being being okay with pushing through the fear of doing the new thing. And I think I think often, like I said before, we, we get fear around like, what if it doesn't work out? But fear sometimes of what if it does work out? You know, like I'm watching my friend, her business is blowing up and she's like, holy shit, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where this is going. I don't know if I can handle this. And I know change needs to happen. So now she's like in fear hiring team and like putting it out there that she can grow this thing and that she can be this leader, even though it started off as a one man show. And that's often how a lot of people go from independent salon or independent stylist to salon owner, mm-hmm. right? They knew a change needed to happen. They knew they could be the one to create the change. They were super scared to start their own business. How am I going to grow a team? Who's going to come work for me? Oh, can I lead people? Like, should I just stay small in my bubble because being behind the chair in someone else's salon with no responsibility has worked for 20 years, right? So a lot of that comes up and a lot of things come up for people. And that's, again, why having somebody having your back to hold you, you know, up during that time is so important. Just to make it easier for the listeners, if someone wants to start change, what's one thing that they can do? I think that my journaling practice every morning really helps me get clear on what's coming up for me and what does need to change. I love to talk about to myself in the morning, what's working, what I could have done better and what would I, what would I have changed about yesterday or what could I have done better in that regard? So change starts with yourself. Like how are you showing up every single day? Yes. And so if it's a goal that you want to accomplish, writing that goal down and, and seeing it first thing when you wake up and lastly, before you go to sleep. So some people like to journal in the morning, some people like to journal at night. So again, just becoming aware of your thoughts around the change is the first step. And then definitely working through whatever comes up for you so that if and when you do hire somebody or you go to ask for help, say you go to another salon owner because you're interested in opening a salon, you know, hey, this is what I'm scared of. These are the things I'm like, like kind of like worried about. Can you help me so that I feel more confident mm-hmm. to do the thing? Okay. That's a great idea. And then journaling every day? Every day. Okay. So make that a habit. Make that a habit and create the space every morning or evening for yourself to do it. So people see my rituals and I'm like, oh my God, how do you have so much time to do that? Sometimes I have five minutes, sometimes I have 50 minutes. So, and I don't always get it done every single day, but I have the intention of writing my thoughts down every single day. Now, depending on what I'm going through, if I'm in action to do those things that I had written down two days ago, I allow myself to just stay in action. If my, if my goal was to go to the gym five days this week, and if it required me to go to the gym instead of journal, I'm going to the gym. But if, if I'm sitting there procrastinating and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to journal instead of going to the gym, that's there we, now we have a problem, right? So creating those pockets of time that in the morning, my rituals are, I, I'm journaling, I'm moving, and I'm getting some sort of like meditation. Sometimes I do a walking meditation to combine the two. And sometimes I'll talk text into my notes app if I can't journal and write. But you know, if the only way to get it done is talk texting, by all means, I, I you approve that message. But <laughs> I do think when you, when you create the space to write, it's not everybody loves to write. So I get that. But that's why forcing yourself sometimes to do things that are uncomfortable will start to discipline you to do other things that are uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even though I love to write, I don't I don't like doing anything every single day. So when I make myself open that up, sometimes I only write like three sentences, mm-hmm. but other times I write like three pages. So it's allowing yourself not to do it wrong, but just to do it. So and you know what? You are the perfect person to talk about habits because you were also mentioning on your podcast that you do like five things 
three things every single morning. And you said it perfectly. Sometimes you do it for five minutes. Sometimes you do it for 50. But even though you go through those exact steps, you'll feel better about it. Absolutely. Because by doing those things and setting myself up in the morning, like anything else for the rest of the day, like I'm going to be able to handle a little bit better. And it's when I skip those things that things irritate me more. It's just like the craziest thing. Okay, Jess. So anything else that you would like to touch on before we wrap up this podcast? I think you're doing such an amazing job with this podcast. I love that you are giving a voice to like so many people in the the different industries that you talk to. And it's just, it's so fun to get to talk about something that you love. And so thank you for giving me the space to do that. Of course. You are such a good speaker. You are so motivational. So I think that people will love this episode. Okay, but Jess, before I let you go, we are going to play a quick game. I play this after every single podcast. So I wrote a couple would you rather questions so this game is called taylor's would you rather all right here we go would you rather have 1 million downloads on just one episode or 50,000 downloads overall per month 50,000 per month would you rather have lash extensions or would you rather have hair extensions oh lash extensions 100 would you rather be on kelly clarkson's talk show or on jimmy kimmel live Kelly Clarkson. Would you rather win the lottery and never have to even work again in your life, not have to worry about money, or have the same amount of money you have now, but love what you do and go to work every day? Mm, I would rather win the lottery because I would do the second part as well. Would you rather have (laughs) Oprah as a podcast guest or Ellen DeGeneres as a podcast guest? Oprah 1000%. Would you rather be famous for being the best podcast host or be famous for being the best business coach? Podcast host? Yeah, podcast host. Okay. Would you rather look professional all the time, but no one ever sees you? Or would you rather look a mess and always have to video record your podcast? (laughs) Uh, I'm leaning more into the mess one now. I'm accepting that it's okay to show up like as your raw self. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Two more. Would you rather have your mom or your son run your social media page? Oh, my son for sure. (laughs) Okay, last one. Would you rather have Kim Kardashian's makeup artist or J-Lo's makeup artist? Uh, I think they're the same person sometimes, but probably Kim Kardashian. Me too. Mario, he's amazing. Oh my God, well, Jess, thank you so much for joining On Point. I had so much fun with you and I really appreciate you, you know, answering all my questions and playing my little game. Yay, okay, thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, guys. Our goal is to always give you the content you didn't know you needed to know and to make sure you're always on point. I'm Taylor Burke. Thank you for listening.